0: Go in your Bible to the book of Ephesians. We've been studying Ephesians on Wednesday night here. And uh, we've been taking it pretty slow. Uh, if you know anything about Ephesians, you're going to know Ephesians 6 is about the armor of God. Anyway, he's going to preach on the armor of God. No, I'm not. I'm going to preach on one word, on that standing word, uh, Years ago, just called to preach, man. I was going to hear the preacher every night, uh, just so I could just get, you know, be around it and loved it, and man, I was so pumped up. This this guy, uh, he announced his sermon uh, tonight. We're going to be preaching on the seven churches of Asia, of Asia Minor, there in the Book of Revelation, and I'm thinking, oh man, this is going to be good. I can't help but learn something here. Seven, seven churches. I mean, he's going to, he's just going to lay it on us. And he goes, them churches, they did a little bit of this and they did a little bit of that. Amen to that. And he preached on something else. I heard the same thing done with the armor of God. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to learn something here, the armor of God. And the guy, he's the armor of God, you need to put the armor of God on. Praise God, put the armor of God on. And he preached on something else. So I'm not going to give you false uh, advertisement here. Um, but eventually, at least I know in our Wednesday night group, we're going to get to this one at a time on looking at the various uh, stages of the armor of God. But today, we want to pinpoint what we're to do as far as standing. In chapter 6, boy, I, like, I, I didn't think about this, but I want to hit on it right now. Uh, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Parents, you missed a great opportunity. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. That sounds like a threat to me. (laughs) As mom says, you know, I brought you into this world and I can take you out of this world. But uh, starting in verse number 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, say "Stand." stand, against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of a darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, Say, withstand. withstand. Be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand, say, to stand. Stand, stand therefore, say, stand therefore. stand therefore. having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Say. My feet is shod. My feet are shod. You know, I don't have a beautiful mug. I don't have a winning smile. I don't have a Ph.D., which is a preacher hairdo. <laughs> You've seen what they look like on TBN. I don't like that. I don't have. Any of that going for me? But according to the Bible, I've got the best looking feet going. Because the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet on the mountains of them that bring forth the good news. I got good looking feet. Some of you have seen them up close. You might think different, but I've got good looking feet. I don't care what that little piggy toe says. (laughs) I got good looking feet. And feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Lord, help us to be able to preach this message on commitment, on standing, on taking a stand, on still standing after all these years. In Jesus' name, amen. Look up the word commitment. It is a fixed standpoint, a fixed purpose. I said a few weeks back, R equals C. Relationship <coughs> equals commitment. And there is, on still standing, there is things we can look at even before that. There are these Standing alone. You see that throughout the Bible. Standing alone when you are outnumbered. It's the three Hebrew children with all of Babylon and all of Iran falling down and worshiping a king. And three Hebrew children would not do that, even though hundreds of thousands of other people were doing it, they would not. It's Daniel, by himself, taking the stand to win. he would not bow to the peer pressure that was around him, and thank God, he took a stand. I certainly am not in any category of a Daniel or a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I remember in high school, once I was converted, I remember I took a stand. And taking a stand cost me some friends. And I took that stand right before I was 16 years of age and I do not fall into the camp to where you've got to coddle and coddle and coddle and maybe they might get it. And if you push ice cream on them and, and give them whipped toppings and maybe they'll come back and, and we got to do all these things and take them to, to Six Flags and make sure they don't have to wait in the cold too long or in the hot too long or uh, be there to wipe their snotty nose and help them out and every. Fooey on that. Fooey on that. I took a stand when it wasn't the most popular thing to do. Back when I took a stand, there wasn't a lot of young uh, Christian groups or bands that you could go hear. There wasn't any of that. But you took a stand anyway because I could see it in the Bible to where God was not saying, oh, it's a little bit too hard for you. We'll excuse you from taking a stand. God wants us all to take a stand. This man right here, Bear, he took a stand while he was in prison. And one of the things that I love in the the Old Testament about about, uh, Joseph, it says that God was with Joseph while he was in prison even during the hard time and a hardship, standing tall when you're tested, standing firm when you're discouraged. And I don't care who you are, you can have faith like they're just coming out, the, out, out of the rafters, but everybody sooner or later will get discouraged. It's what happens when you get discouraged. You stand firm. I mean, uh, let me tell you the difference between fact and faith. It's a fact you're sitting in them church pews. And it's a fact that I'm up here on this platform. I've got to take it by faith that you're actually listening. <laughs> right? I got to take it by faith. And there are a lot of things that you just got to take by faith. You may not be able to see it. I may not be able to see the, the, the great report that I wanted to see. It didn't happen. But do I fold up my tent and say, I'll just go home, and if that's how God plays, I'll just quit? No, God's saying, still stand. Still stand. Still stand. That's what the Bible's made of, of people that's willing to stand even when things got tough. See, my faith is not a porcelain faith. They better go just right, or else I'll crack. Hmm. Hmm. And standing strong when you're tempted—that's Jesus. When the enemy comes to tempt him, he stood strong. And what he stands strong with—the same thing we're to stand strong with. This right here. This right here. Absolutely. This right here. The most important decisions that I have ever made has. Required of me, total commitment. Getting married. (laughs) Total commitment. Yeah. (laughs) I work alone. I'm up here (laughs) preaching. You know, raising your children. That takes total commitment. Because what, what you've got to do, parents, you've got to have a strong frontal attack. Because don't let them divide and conquer you. <laughs> yeah, that's what they'll try to do. A total commitment in following Jesus. See, the term leap of faith, that requires Total commitment. I love on the one Indiana Jones, I think it's the third one. The second one was a terrible movie. The first one was really great, and the third one was pretty good. Do you get that? That's really important in the course of this message, you get in all that. But at the lion's mouth, he takes a leap of faith, and he stands there, and it's it's from from here to, to that door over there. How many feet is that, Frank? 120, for those that's listening on the CD. It's 120 feet, and he sees he's at the lion's mouth here, and he looks way on the other side, 120 feet over, and there's the lion's mouth over there, but there is no bridge. Indiana Jones, also known as Harrison Ford, he just, you just see, he grabs his, his chest like this and he just takes a deep breath and he just stretches out just as far as his foot can stretch. And there, something held him. And then it took a side view of that and from where he was at, you couldn't see it. But from a side angle, there was a bridge the whole way. There are going to be times that you cannot see and understand what's going on. But God's going to say, take a step of faith. Take a step of faith. And you know this, instinctively you know this if you've ever driven a car at night time. You do not get out here and drive from here to Mount Vernon and see the whole pathway from start to finish. You're seeing about, I don't know, you're seeing 200 feet in front of you. And then, by the time you get there, you're seeing 200 more feet in front of you. Time you get there, you're seeing 200 more feet in front of you. Time you get there, 200 feet in front of you. Time you get there, 200 feet. You got it. You got it. That's how this life of faith is. God's not going to show us this the whole thing all mapped out for us. If He did, it wouldn't even be faith. One of the greatest men in the Bible, to me, is Abraham. And the reason I say it is because he, on top of everything that God called him to do, he was married. It's one thing going through these things, you know, but, you know, being married. Father Abraham had many nags, had many nags had some. Well, I just thought of that, and that's, that's divine inspiration. And, you know, she's saying, what are we doing? Where are we going? How are we going to get there? How are we going to know when we get there? This makes no sense to me. And he's, yes, dear. And he's singing the song, Father Abraham. (laughs) (laughs) What I don't know is if I don't leap, if I don't launch, if I don't step out in faith... I will never see where God was trying to get me to. Back before church, I was uh, talking about a young girl that uh, her name was Ray. And she was in the New Life drama team uh, out of Cleveland, Tennessee. And she was on one of the finest teams we'd ever had here. Um, We had New Life drama team a lot of times, but man, That was just a golden premier group of young people. And I remember this. They helped us in a youth camp when we had our youth camp over at Johnsonville. And I seen that young lady who I'm going to say she was 19 or 20 at the time. The altar service had been given. She along with a lot of other counselors and helpers had been praying for people but now she's off to one side. Most of the kids had already been prayed for and she's off to that one side. And I'll never forget this. Never. She is just dancing, just real slow. And it was her and Jesus. (laughs) It was like there was nobody else in the building. It was her and Jesus. And I thought, Lord, I don't know what you've got for that young lady. But if she keeps that kind of spirit about her, the is the limit. And what happened with Ray, she really felt her next step in her Christian faith, she needed to go to a place to where she could worship and they could teach her more and she could be in that environment as many times as she wanted to be and could be. And she made the move to Australia and was in Hillsong School of Ministry. She married an Australian man. She still lives there. I don't know, 10, 12 years later now. And I just think a girl who had totally dedicated and had that kind of commitment. I'll just say this. I, it's, it is fantastic that our new uh, youth guy and um, a, a song leader over at uh, Fairfield Branch, Zach, uh, him and his fiance, that's where they met, was over at Hillsong Church. He was from Evansville, and she was from uh, uh, New York, and that's where they met. And it's to have that kind of a drive... And that kind of a commitment. I see this. We've seen it in the the men and women that have had a commitment to join up in service to their country. Thank God for that. I think that's God breathed. Because if we were all just all about me and all about what I can get, all about what I can do, that makes for a pretty pathetic place to be and to live. July 4th, 1776, something fabulous happened. Fifty-six men signed the Declaration of Independence. And I should have had them put this on the screen, but I didn't. I may do this another time. How many men? Fifty-six. Five men were captured and beaten to death. Nine of those men that signed on that document were killed on the battlefield. Twelve had their homes burnt to the ground. Two men had a son get killed in battle and one of the signers had two sons to be killed on the battlefield. I'm going to give you some names. Count them out in your head. And let me know how many afterwards. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, Paul Revere, John Adams, Samuel Adams, James Monroe, James Madison, and a man who was the mentor to a lot of these men, and they read his writings, was a man by the name of John Locke. How many of them men were there? Nine. nine. That's nine, and there's others that could be named. World-class leaders. We have 535 men and women on Capitol Hill, and I'll go ahead and say it, we don't have nine world-class leaders in the bunch who was willing to lay down their life, their sacred honor, their family, to lay down everything that they had for the hope of a new country being formed. What led those men on? Commitment. Commitment. They weren't going to listen to what King George had to say. What was it when John Hancock signed the paper? you want to sign it where King George didn't have to use his reading glasses to see who had signed it. Life is a sum total of what you're committed to. Let me give you some math. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Question mark. Each person, for the most part, your average lifespan will be 70 years. That's twenty five thousand five hundred and fifty days. Every day you exchange that day for something. Oh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give up my life. I wouldn't give up that my time for for nothing. You do every day. You do every day. There is a cost in making a commitment to the Lord Jesus. It's first place. This is, how, this is how Jesus plays. It's first place or no place. And he can demand that. Yes. He can demand that. I can't, but he can. The first part of every day, you need to read the good news. You need to read the good news before you ever read the bad news. Read the good news before the bad news got a chance to penetrate your head. Read the good news before the bad news. In the morning I will pray unto you, is what David said in the book of of Psalms chapter 5. So in the mornings you get up, you pray, and read your Bible. Get the good news in you before the bad news has a chance to bombard you. First day of every week is not Monday. So says your calendar. It's not Monday. It's Sunday. First day of every week. Preacher, you don't understand. Sunday's my only day. There again, look back on your calendar. It doesn't say Bubba's Day. It says the Lord's Day. (laughs) The first 10% of every paycheck belongs to God. And I'm happy to give it. I mean, he only holds my every breath in his hand. And something I love what Monty Dash said, he said, before I was saved, the devil wanted every dime I got. He starts talking about what a pack of cigarettes costs, and what whiskey costs, and what math costs costs, and what cocaine costs, and what he said, well, "I didn't have anything to any driving around money." He said, "Then I hear the preacher say God wants a tent." I'm thinking, "Man, that's a better deal than what I have been living." <laughs> uh, something great about Monty. It was a preacher trying to get him to go to his church one time, and Monty said, "No, I can't do that. My preacher's got a lot of time invested in me to try to get me to live right." According to Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23, purpose of tithing is to lean on God. And so we'll learn to trust in him. First Corinthians 16, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you bring the tithe into the storehouse. <laughs> and I'm gonna give you a, a Dave Ramsey quote. Who knows who Dave Ramsey is <laughs> most? Dave Ramsey said, if every Christian... Tithe in America, in five months, every church debt would be paid. You get that? That's incredible. If every Christian tithed in America in five months, every church debt would be paid. Here's the biggie. And the entire world would be evangelized. Wow. Wow. And he says, he went on to say, there would be prayer in school because the church would have enough money to buy all the schools. And there would be prayer in school. But see, commitment and still standing, having that kind of John Wayne grit about you. To where I'm gonna do it no matter what, no matter what I look like, I just kinda, I, I, I saddle up to John Wayne. Like Robert Duvall tells him, that's bold talk for a one eyed fat man. Well, that's, other than the one eye, that's, yeah. I do a lot of bold talking for a bespeckled fat man. It's me ism. If you're content with that, let me warn you about something. Jesus tells us in the book of Matthew about the five talents, and then there was two talents, and then there was one talent. And he said, "You can either invest that, and when the master comes back, you have doubled, each one has doubled, or you don't. Here's what happened. The man with five talents invested, and he now had 10 talents. The man with two talents invested and he now had? The man with one talent went and hid it in the ground and he now had one. If you're not willing to use your talent, let me flip that over. If you're willing to use your talent, God will make sure you get more to work with. If you're not willing to use your talent, What you have will dwindle up to nothing. Hmm. I'm running out of time. And I was going to look at Nehemiah, but we will. He's he's one of my favorites. We'll look at him uh, probably at another time. Yeah, we'll look at him another time. Um, Nehemiah said, should such a man as I flee... What's he saying? You're going to see me here tomorrow and the next day until 52 days later or however long it's going to take to finish this job, I'm going to be here and I'm going to still be standing. Love the story of the little dog that went over, went under the fence and over to the neighbor's yard and there was a, Pretty good sized dog over there. And it just, it just chomped on that little dog. And that little dog went, went home, it was bleeding and, and it was in a mess. The next day later, the little dog went underneath the fence and went up to the big dog, and the big dog just clamped onto it again, chuck it around. Little puppy went right on home. Third day, same scenario. <laughs> Went right back home. Fourth day. Fifth, at about seven days in a row, finally gets over there and the big dog sees him and the big dog is like, uh, and walks off. I've never had talent. I've never been gifted with a lot of different gifts. But what gift I have, I'm going to use until Jesus Calls me home. And I still want to be standing. When the guy said uh, Dave Ramsey, I believe it was, he said, if I fall, I'm going to be fall, I'm going to fall going forward. And I'm going to get back up. That is what God's looking for. Yeah? R equals C. I, I believe relationship equals commitment. And commitment is what standing is all about. Sometimes you have to stand by yourself. That's really not what God uh, is, is the finest hour. It could be the finest hour for some, but I think what God's wanting us all to do is to band together. That's why I think O-groups is so, so, so important. It's all of us getting together. Let's get together. And these O-groups are going on. I see old group signs in people's yards. Uh, they're going on all over. I think it's a wonderful thing Well, if this church now has kind of shifted gears and we're in a a new area and I think God's going to bless us for that. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, they have this sermon as simple as it was. And I ask and pray, God, for your Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us and let us know, Lord, we're part of this great work. And there's a part that we've all got to do. In Jesus' name, we're asking and praying. Amen. The pastor got up and preached the sermon. And the church was just about on the verge to where they needed to build. And in the course of this sermon, he said, this church has got to walk. And there was a deacon that was real boastful and braggadocio. And he just always had something to say. And he's sitting in the back. and, And he said... Let her walk, preacher, let her walk. And the pastor says, this church has got to run. And the deacon's going, let her run, preacher, let her run. The pastor continues on and preaches, and this church has got to fly. And the deacon said, let her fly, preacher, let her fly. And then the pastor says, but it takes money to fly. And the deacon said, let her walk, preacher, let her walk. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of that crowd. I don't want to be a part of the crowd that knows God can do exceeding abundant above anything we can ask, dream, or think. You know, thought of this uh, a few years back. And the young people here in this church have seen some great things happen. But we never give this any thought. One of the things the young people can always look back, no matter how old they get, they can always look back at Orchardville Church, the church where they grew up, and think, that had to be a God thing. That church in the middle of nowhere. Everybody says that same thing. It's in the middle of nowhere. And you got all these buildings and all these ministries and all these flowing from this this congregation different branches have been brought brought on they can look at that as being that's a miracle I was part of that and didn't even realize a miracle was going on there Would you please stand? or the time of prayer right now in this service, if you need uh, something in your life or got something going on or just the time that you want to come and pray and you have this service and this sermon is, as, as woeful as, as they are sometimes, I still got to believe we get the word of God within you. And that is certainly what makes a difference. Oh my God. I try to be a confident person and hopefully that spills out on other people. And I believe this is a confident book. I believe this book will do for you what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. It can turn you into Superman, turn you into Superwoman. Faith, confidence, the woman was on the, taking a cruise and she's on the chase lounge on topside, lounging there. And this good looking, well-built gentleman, he walks by her and she says this to him. You look like my third husband. And he says, well, how many times you been married? And she said twice. That's confidence. That's confidence. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618 835 2677.